Your father called. He's coming home with better buddies. And welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. With us this week, we've got Kelvin. Hello. And James. Hello. Our Better Buddies icebreaker this week is a question I don't think I've ever actually like really thought about too much, but something I think I should know about both of you. What got you into video games? <laughs> uh, I can go first. Sure. Do it. Um... I the literally the first video game I remember both like owning and playing was Donkey Kong Country for the Game Boy yeah. Advance. Um, my dad got it for me I think when I was like five or six, and I played the shit out of that game. I loved that game, but I could never beat it. I <laughs> never beat the game. I was very sad. I got like I think to almost like the last map or level or stage or whatever but i could never like get it and then from from then i started playing like pokemon ruby and fire red and then it just kind of uh spiraled from there i would say nice Um, yeah yeah some real classic shit uh but yeah uh calvin do you want to go next or i can uh i can go so I was just trying to think about it. I don't know which happened first, but my earliest memories of video games would be uh, my sister and I both had a Game Boy Color, and we had um, we had like two or three games for it. I remember like a Mario Tennis game. I think it was Mario. It was a tennis game. Um, honestly, I, that's about the only Game Boy Color game that I can remember. <laughs> um, but I know we had Game Boy Colors. And then years, years later, we got Game Boy Advanced SPs. Um, but uh, th- it was either the Game Boy Color or my grandparents bought a PlayStation 2 like when it came out for like the grandkids to play and they had like a single game it was the PlayStation 1 Frogger <laughs> um but Hell this yeah. this Frogger game was interesting cuz there was like a ton of levels to it there was the classic like cross the road and stuff but then there were a bunch of other ones and it was like you had to find these like uh there was like the classic you just keep going across the screen as far as you can and you just keep going until you get hit by a car or fall in the water or whatever but then there were like adventure style maps where you had to get these like different colored flies and you had to like find them on the map but in avoiding all of the obstacles and like my sister and I would play that nonstop just all the time and we were absolute garbage so we never <laughs> got anywhere at it and we like 
barely ever progressed in the levels. But those are like my earliest memories of video games. Um, and I th- honestly think it was just like, yeah, like just here, play this so that you stop bugging us. Or I don't know. It was like, here's like something to do when you're at your grandparents' house. It's like, you can just play Frogger or play the game and it's nonviolent. It's just, yeah, something to keep us occupied. But that's my earliest memories of video games. Like I said, I don't know which one is first, but I would have been like kindergarten or younger. I guess I'm the only real gamer here because I was an oh OG PC gamer. Oh, look at you. Or yeah, a real okay. gamer boy. Yeah, I played Zoo Tycoon. That was the only thing <laughs> I did. Um, SimCity, please. Oh, hell yeah. Nah, Zoo Tycoon. Um, SimCity is the, the, the top. Cream of the crop. So, I had my earliest two... Uh, SimCity was one of my... SimCity, quote, 2000. Like, let's make sure we get the right one. Yep. Um, but then I also had Lego Island Two, Lego <sighs> Racers. I don't remember if it was Racers One. I think it was Lego Racers Two, and then uh, Neopets. Oh hell yeah! Um, <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah. So yeah, that's stuff. Yeah. I also had a Tomb Raider disc that. I never figured out how to use beyond opening the tutorial level, which was just like a mansion with a grounds you could run around in. <laughs> yeah. Um. So my earliest memories are like the games, particularly, uh, Lego Island was one where like that was when I first like for the longest time had no idea what to do with it, and then but and I'd always just kind of run around the starting area because I couldn't figure out how to get to the next world, which you had to go like take a boat through a portal to get through but I didn't figure that out because I could barely read um <laughs> and then a couple years later it was maybe like seven um I finally figured it out like I figured out the game and I figured out the jousting mechanic that was in the next world like I I got all the way to the final level and the final like mission of the final level of going up the tower to go fight the bad guy and, but I didn't finish the level, and I, the game was lost to history. I remember going over to your house and playing Lego Island. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, that shit was, like, that blue, I, what a simple time where, like, really cruddy, but still robust 3D graphics could just blow your mind as a kid. You know what I mean? Like, before it became really widespread. Because there was a time where we were growing up as kids where, like, you were really used to just kind of the 2D sprites. You know, like the Pokemon stuff and all the other stuff. So when I, at least for me, when I came in contact with, like, a 3D game, I was, like, blown away. I was like, no fucking way a game can look like this, you know? Yeah. And now all these kids got fucking VR and Fortnite or whatever. Well, these spoiled brats. I went from like I honestly went from being gamer to like half gamer to gamer again because I was playing PC games and then I borrowed a Game Boy Advance from Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> borrowed Pokemon from him. Which be- Pokemon? Uh yellow. Okay. And because of that, had a device to play. Uh, I eventually got for my birthday Fire Red, 
oh, and then using shit. some like saved up money bought emerald and because of that wound up needing to eventually get like my own game boy advance so i could return the one i was borrowing which do you think was the best game boy color game boy advance or game boy advance sp i i misspoke i had a game boy advance sp first that was my first oh look at this which fancy you... lad with a backlit screen I know. <laughs> Didn't know the struggles of having to <laughs> plug in a little lamp that went over the top. <laughs> I know. I was quite privileged. Um, Honestly, it's so funny, though. I'm going to vote Game Boy Advance because of the way you could hold it. Like, the yeah. SP always just seems so small and cramped, especially now that I have giant man hands. Yeah. Isn't it, as, like, an adult i would agree but i don't know as a kid i mean it was like the perfect size and the sp was nice because it would just fold up into a little brick so you could fit it more easily into like a pocket yeah fair that's fair i mean it is a true assessment and uh i like those points <laughs> and plus it's cooler because it folds hell yeah it's like a flip phone <laughs> that's nobody coming, out, nobody coming out in defense of the game boy color i see um i respect did you guys have, did. did you guys ever have one no i knew people who huh? did i thought they were amazing no. when i saw them but i, never I yeah i they i only i i think i still have mine in my basement no way oh my god <laughs> yeah it was green i had a green one okay oh, now i feel yeah. like i have to ask james do you know what a game boy color was uh as in like the device or is yeah, it like because it's well, makes it, it sound was... like you think it wasn't like the original game boy like it was somehow no. much more advanced wasn't... and cooler and in the same realm as the game no. boy advance i'm thinking opposite as in wasn't the game boy color the um really blocky one it wasn't the one yeah. that was more fitted like the game boy advance for your hands wasn't game Correct. boy advance no. game boy like... color looks very similar in profile to the original game boy it was slightly mm -hmm. different, and then obviously the only difference was that the screen was color. Not great color, mm -hmm. but color. And the cases came in colors. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember oh, there yeah. was a uh, yellow and blue Pokemon one. Yes. Alright. Uh, speaking of video games, our next segment is Better Buddies Recommend, where we recommend a piece of media to enjoy. Would anyone like to start us off this week? I can't think of anything, so somebody else go. I, I've got one. I've got one. Go for it, James. Go for it. Um, this is a bit older, a vintage one. I feel really behind uh, the times. Like, you I feel should. like I'm... I've, I do all the time, Calvin. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm recommending, like, oh, you guys should go check out this really cool band. Uh, You're the intellectual uh, recommendation. We need you. Um, I'm, I'm going to say The Sopranos. Um, well, I I misspoke so so soon. Oh damn! No, The Sopranos. <laughs> I will defend it as an intellectual recommendation. Um, the The Sopranos is a show that was started. Uh, it started airing 1999. I think it went all the way to 2005, 2006, and it it centers around um, the uh, uh, main character Tony Soprano who is the um, mob boss of uh, the Soprano crime family. And what makes this different from other like mob type media that you would have seen, like The Godfather or really any Martin Scorsese movie or, you know, any other one, is that it is uh, markedly, um, I'm going to use this word lightly, it's markedly postmodern 
And what I mean by that is like Tony Soprano is not only a mob boss, he's a father with kids who go to school. He's got a wife um, who has her own like shit going on and all these different characters. And it's basically like a long form look at a modern mobster. So this guy will like make breakfast for his kids or hang out and send them to school. And then he goes and like shakes people down in an alley or threatens to cut somebody's like balls off. And then he has to go back and like be somewhere in time for his like son's recital or like um, there's a whole episode where he's taking his daughter to go to her colleges and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So it's a very like, what if like this mobster wasn't just like the kind of mythic legendary mobsters that we know what if he was basically like another kind of real person yeah exactly what if he was like a working class guy basically and it's a really uh one of the big facets of the show is that he's um he goes to therapy like he's um and his therapist is lorraine bracco brasho brasco i don't really know how to say her name it's italian i apologize lorraine if you ever hear this um but uh he he is going to therapy, and that's a, a consistently reoccurring bit in both the show. Um, a theme in in just all, through all the episodes is that he's like trying to um, trying to and becomes often frustrated with his own kind of like vices and subconscious tics and things like that. And um, it kind of sums up what the show is, which is basically like uh, a long form kind of like subconscious thematic therapeutic um dissection of the modern american mobster um <laughs> and it's really really cool um the series as far as i know I'm, I'm only like seven episodes into the first season but it was shot on film so it looks really good there are some shots that look like they could be right out of a scorsese film um and another shots that look and- like they're out of a uh, uh office style light slice of life show Honestly, kind of, yeah. Like it's 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 really good. Um, I I now Sopranos is often touted as one of the greatest like American television shows. One of the maze, one of the greatest like American works of art, like of the modern era. It has um, the font with a gun for an R. Yeah, exactly. So you know it's cool. Um, <laughs> but I I would definitely say I recently got HBO Max. That's how I'm watching it. So oh, I would you say suck up. Uh, dude, HBO Max is so good. It's I will not, defend but okay. it. It is the premier streaming service. Everybody Ooh. should have HBO Max. Oh, uh, uh, those fighting words. We're a Netflix we, household. Oh, what, makes it, what makes it so premier? Um, it James is just me, a Snyder boy. For, no, no. But Archie, you know I'm the furthest thing from a fucking Snyder boy. Get the fuck out of here. Um, no, I. I think it has the best selection of films and shows that I have seen uh, so far out of any streaming service. I think it's also very well designed. Um, I think it's very well put together. There are uh, all these little different subsections that are really well organized that I haven't found on other streaming services like Netflix or Hulu. And I still... I, I'm not super partial to Netflix, but I love Hulu because it's got like it's always sunny and they have some okay anime on there too. But mm-hmm. I would say um HBO Max, top tier streaming service, Sopranos, 
beyond top tier show. I would heavily recommend you watch it. Just the first episode. Interesting. Okay. So James's opinions on streaming services don't count for anything, but I'll I'll allow the uh, the show recommendation right. to stand. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I'll go next because I have a non-decisive opinion this week. Um, yeah. after after the ugh, that debacle, God, James. Um, <laughs> we're gonna need to send you to a send you to a um Netflix a learning Apple. center. Yeah. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Cool. <laughs> I'm going to recommend. Uh, speaking of learning and improving ourselves, I'm going to re- recommend Young Frankenstein by Mel Brooks oh. and Gene Wilder. Oh. Okay, I'm going to stop talking, but yeah, go on. Oh yeah, you better. <laughs> um, I watched it Saturday night. It was enjoyable, and I think the two things that I took away from it the most of like. Because, like, yeah, the jokes are the jokes you expect and you look for and you hear and they're in, like, they're the obvious stuff, right? Because it's a comedy. Uh, Quick summary for anyone who doesn't know what it is. The basic idea is Dr. Frankenstein's grandson or great-grandson, Dr. Frank Frankenstein, (laughs) um, he inherits the castle and discovers his his grandfather's work and continues it. Um, but the two things that stood out to me comedically that weren't the blatantly obvious comedic intentions were, one, Igor, specifically any scene Igor was in where something was happening, and he, like, had to look at the camera, he would give a little (laughs) eyebrow wiggle, (laughs) and it would happen in some of the background scenes, too, like, after they've just made the monster, and Dr. Frankenstein is like, or like as they're making it, Frankenstein gives an order, and Igor like looks at the camera and does a little eyebrow wiggle. Nice. <laughs> um, the other thing was <laughs> the British accents, <laughs> because this is set in Transylvania. But yeah. the constable they first meet when they're digging up the body, uh, he's British, and it took me until the end of the conversation as the constable is saying goodbye. I stopped and was like, "Wait, no, that guy's British. This is this is Eastern Europe." <laughs> um, but okay, you know, one scene, whatever. Except when the town hall gathering scene, after they find out there's a Frankenstein back in the castle, everybody there is British too, except for the policeman with the robot arm. <laughs> I he is one of my favorite reoccurring bits in that whole movie, where he has to like constantly adjust his like fake arm or whatever. Yeah, it's so, so good. This policeman <laughs> who is an expert on Frankenstein and the monster, supposedly, uh, he is. He has a wooden arm, which I think at one point switches sides for a single scene. <laughs> um, awesome. He so keeps good. having to manually move, like, his, his entire arm is missing, so he has to take his other his hand and move the arm around and, like, smack it if he wants it to go somewhere. But Gene Wilder is great. Everybody in the movie is great. The jokes were hilarious. Putting on the Ritz. Uh, <laughs> when they finally, like, when they do the brain transference to uh save the monster and it was just so much fun and i ask you two questions rj yeah one did you know that gene wilder was born in milwaukee i did not know that yeah his name i think uh his original name is jerome silberman um so let's see one uh, two, had you ever seen a Mel Brooks movie before this one? 
Yes, please. Which one? Yeah, uh, I've seen one? Spaceballs and Blazing Saddles. And Robin okay. Hood Men in Tights. How about a Brief History of the World Part 1? Nope. That is so good. Um, Still waiting uh, on Part 2. It'll get here. The Inquisition musical number is one of the greatest musical numbers of the modern era, for Did they sure. say nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition? <laughs> they don't. It's Good. not, uh, better not. As Marcus, but it's literally Mel Brooks as a Catholic uh, inquisitor doing a musical number while he's like torturing Jews. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking funny. It's he's he's he is truly a national treasure. Um, so uh, I guess overall, what would you say about Young Frankenstein as it ranks uh, with the other Mel Brooks movies you've seen? Okay, so I don't know what order the movies came out in. Yeah, but I, out of my of the four I've seen, I think I would rank it number. I mean, I it's the one I watched most recently, so I, th- I'm think I'm gonna put it number two. What's number one? Oh shit! Did I die? No, you didn't no, die. I I'm struggling to you. think because. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. Oh shit! Um, it's, <laughs> no, it's no I was with James. <laughs> I've got that problem of I watched Robin Hood Men in Tights once. Thought it was great. Yeah. I've also only seen Blazing Saddles once, and Spaceballs is the one I've seen the most, like, three or four times. Oh, shit, that's fair. So, like, yeah. on the one hand, I kind of... Spaceballs is the one I remember the best. You know what? I'm gonna say Young Frankenstein 1, Spaceballs at 2, uh, uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights at 3, only because of the final joke, mm. and then uh, Blazing Saddles. Oh, that's fair. I think uh, that's fair. And for those who... Spoiler alert for Robin Hood Men in Tights, but the final joke, because part of the running thing is the princess has a chastity belt on, and <laughs> uh, Robin Hood is trying to win the key, and as they're panning back from the castle, there's dialogue going on about the key not fitting and not working, and, like, they're trying to... Br- like, it, the whole thing got subverted right at the end. Yeah. Well, that's, like, one big, like, sex metaphor, right? That's oh, one yeah. big sex joke. I know, obviously, it is, but, like, that's... That's uh, some top humor right there. I'm pretty I, sure there was a line that was straight up like, the key's not big enough. I would have to say, for, <laughs> for me, I've seen Blazing Saddles so much, so it's got like a nostalgia factor for me, but I'd say Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein, Spaceballs, and then Robin Hood Men Tights, I would have to say. But I, these are that's more of a personal thing than like an objective one. And they are all so good. Calvin, do you have a ranking? Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of like you, RJ. I've seen Spaceballs a bunch of times, but I don't know that I've actually sat down and s- s- sit all the way through Blazing Saddles. <sighs> and then I've seen Robin Hood Men in Tights just once and Brief History... And what, I don't know what it is. It's just History of the World Part 1, right? Yeah. I think it's... I want to say it's a brief... Or maybe... It, it was... I, it's it's whatever the History of the World Part 1 is. I've watched yeah. that one as well. That's those are the only ones of his I've seen, and I've only uh, Spaceballs is the only one that I've seen multiple times. Uh, I should go back and watch some. Yeah, they're good. They're like classic American comedies. Uh, it's really hard to rank them because they're all like sounds corny to say, but they're all pretty unique. Even though they're obviously uh-huh. made by the same person. Yeah, but yeah. Honestly, it's all the same style, but they all all definitely have their own flair. Yeah, I'd say so. Oh my god. The the Mel Brooks films are just... like you, you remember, like, the scary movie and superhero movie, like, group that did those movies? Yeah. yeah. That's just what Mel Brooks did, but, like, earlier. 
but well, good. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what they're <laughs> like. They, they're, like those scary movies are like they're not only aping Mel Brooks, they also clearly ape um, the Zucker Brothers films, like Airplane. Yeah, like they have that same kind of like quick gag type humor, and Mel Brooks does that occasionally, but like his movies, I think, are more. I don't want to call them broad intelligent. <laughs> yeah, they are. Like they it's are. weird because they're, no, they're like I, yeah. They're like the Simpsons of American comedies. You know what I mean? They're like mm. dumb, but they're smart because they're dumb is what I would say. I'm talking about good Simpsons. I'm not talking about like bad Simpsons. Oh, see, and I'd, I'd almost argue it's because like they're working on two levels. They mm. throw in the easy jokes and the quick gags and whatever, like Airplane, yeah. uh, almost. Uh, not Mel Brooks, but it's similar vein of, hey, ha ha ha, this guy's sniffing glue. But then... <laughs> yeah. Or, like, the woman who speaks jive, but then you can take it up a step further and, like, um, see, now I'm trying to remember something. Oh, no, I'm showing my ignorance. <laughs> um, I, yeah, well, there's yeah. the Spaceballs scene where he's there, they see themselves in the film. Yes. Yeah, and that was before, like, that's, like, like a dumb bit, but it's yeah. also, like, very, I don't know, it's, that there's something t- more to it. It's a dumb well, bit, like, but if you don't pull it off right, it's not funny. Yeah. Oh, because that was before being meta was, like, quote-unquote mainstream or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a truly well-done, like, meta gag. And he, you're right. Like, because the execution, it's totally been dependent on execution. I think he pulls it off pretty flawlessly. And I one thing that Mel Brooks said, I'm not going to be able to repeat it verbatim, um, so I'm going to butcher it. But he said something about satire, especially in reference to Blazing Saddles. Where he said something like, um, in order to do a proper satire, like you have to nail the thing you're satirizing beat for beat. Like you have to get it right. Mm-hmm. Or else it doesn't it won't you're not satirizing that thing. You're satirizing like your conception of that thing, which is why he took a lot of pains. Even though Blazing Saddles, I wouldn't really call it like obviously a Western, but it satirizes so much of like You did in high school. <laughs> we had this I, argument. I, that you said I, it was a western. <laughs> I it's like it's it's hard because it's it's obviously it's not like um for a few dollars more. You know what I mean? Like it's not like that. So it's not like Oh, okay. So now that he's actually seen a western <laughs> I apologize that I got recently cultured with westerns. I'm trying my best. <laughs> um how dare your no, opinions like, shift and change as you learn new things, James. Yeah, they no, yeah. not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I it's like it's straddling that line. Um, but it is like a person who grew up watching westerns who knows all the beats, who wants to make like a funny western uh satire, basically. And he nails like all the little stock characters from like the prospector you can't understand to like <laughs> the townspeople to the sheriff himself. Like he nails all those archetypes and then he just makes them like ridiculous and he does that in all of his movies i think that's why like for people like us our age like Spaceballs is more accessible because we were more familiar with like star wars when we were growing up as kids we're primed to receive like that kind of satire because we knew star wars we didn't know like our parents grew up with westerns we didn't you know well Well, i think it also is a matter of upbringing like (laughs) we were sci-fi kids yeah Except for Calvin, who came out of a fucking John Wayne film or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Had to take the spurs off his heels when he was born. Yeah, exactly. I had spurs. 
Okay, well. Oh, yeah. I used to wear them all the time. I think oh, I still yeah. have them in a box in the basement. I want to see you wear your spurs. I don't think they'll fit anymore. They were when I was like a size four. Well, <laughs> you should have thought about that before bringing it up. Uses them to kick the poor children he sees. Well, I was thinking what I was going to recommend, and I came yeah. out, and I had nothing going into this, and now I have like five different things. You're uh, welcome. So I think I'm actually going to stick on the Western theme. So, James, you might know this name. I honestly didn't until um, this came up. But um, do you know, have you heard of the author? uh, I I assume it's French. So it's Louis L'Amour. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I do. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So there's a band I like called um, Jamestown Revival. James, you I've played them for you before. Um, and honestly, I didn't realize that they, they came out with a new EP that's called um, Fireside with Louis L'Amour. Um, and it's a bunch of songs inspired by like that are like, I think they're pulled from like the stories, that, some of his short stories. Um, and um, also the first album I found of them education of a wandering man that's apparently louis lamore's uh self, like autobiography that's the title of his like autobiography didn't know that so apparently these guys are all about louis lamore uh but i really like this new album so i looked up louis lamore and he for those who don't know is a super famous um as i was saying short story writer um in western like kind of novelists he wrote hundreds of like pulp fiction westerns i literally have i i literally have a louis l'amour book right here holy shit you really you've probably showed this to me and i and i I just didn't i didn't remember when i encountered this name yeah it's uh the daybreakers yeah daybreakers interesting oh yeah but yeah so i was looking him up and uh they were talking about um and what i found was talking about like some of his like audiobooks and stuff i listen to my music on um youtube music uh and i just typed in louis lamore and there's a bunch of albums that are just audiobooks of his really? short stories yeah so i've been listening to these short stories audiobooks at work and They've been a ton of fun because, and I was reading his Wikipedia page and he got a lot of criticism for this or a lot of his critics were would like, this is what they would hit on is that he's very much the romanticized American idealized West. Mm. So there's the, the noble cowboy who at the end, the villain is defeated and he gets the girl and it's implied that they settle down and are married or the noble cowboy wanders off into the sunset to just do whatever. So Rosie's it's very much, road. yeah, <laughs> it's very much like nothing insanely like groundbreaking or it, it it's not these insane works of art and fiction that were like, transcending the genre he was just like i was saying like just a pulp fiction kind of western novelist but 
there's a place for that, and I freaking love it. So I've yeah. been loving these uh, um, audiobooks. Like, one of my favorites so far is about this prospector who finds gold at the base of this um, giant cliff face and um, starts digging into it. And he's like, all right, this thing's going to fall on me and kill me. Mm-hmm. How much gold can I get out of it before that happens? And oh. it's just a short story about him weighing, do I keep going? Do I fill this sack with like one more sack? I want to hit $10,000, which back then was like a million bucks. And it's like, do I one more, like two more sacks and I got my 10,000 and he's just, and in, and it's all about him. Like, Oh, just in that internal, like playing with fate. Do I just keep digging away slowly, deeper and deeper and it gets harder and harder to escape if it should fall. And yeah, and of course there's the like, what shifting of the rock and, Yep, and oh. like a crack starts developing, and he starts eyeing this crack, and he's like, "It's yeah," and like, and then the other ones are like, uh, "Guy comes back from running uh, from a cattle trail after a year, and his uncle's uh, spread has been taken over by some stranger, and then his the girl that he was going to come back and marry her her family spread has been taken over by someone else, and it's like this whole like ah people have." Take it over the town, and he's like, mm-hmm. "Come back!" And and it, oh man, it's it's like I said, nothing. You you can guess the endings, you can guess everything that's gonna happen, but it's just so good. I love no, it. I I would say because I would I agree with you on everything, but one point where it's like I really do think in a way those types of pulp fiction, not all of it, but certain examples can be like transcendent in a way. You know what I mean? That's like, fair. It sounds really, well, it sounds really lame to say, because it is like, it's not like high literature, but like, yeah, that that short story about a a gold digger digging for gold and and keeping going and keeping his eye on on the potentially collapsing like uh, cliff face, like, it's like the fucking American dream right there. It's like, (laughs) why not? Just keep fucking going until it until it falls on you, you know, and I don't know, I, I like. I think because, you know, I I read a lot of fancy schmancy books and watch a lot of fancy schmancy movies, but sometimes (laughs) nothing better than sitting down and watching a story where you already know how it's going to end, except for like one part. And you're like, hell yeah. And that's what Westerns are in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, like there's going to be a good guy. There's going to be a bad guy. There's going to be a girl. There's going to be like probably three or four different challenges. Some cows. Cows uh, occasionally, <laughs> but like that's what makes them so fun to watch. I I wholeheartedly support this. this James, rack. you brought up a really good point. Yeah. I think about um, yeah. like <clears throat> this transcend, like the short story transcendence being American Dream, and I and like almost a diamond in the rough of Pulp Fiction. But mm-hmm. I think that's almost one of the only ways you can f- make a short story like that is. You have to just engross yourself in that particular genre so heavily, even yeah. if it's this stylized or uh, um, romanticized version of the West or noir stories, cop stories, uh, Clive Cussler books. Like the the author gets so prolific in this one 
narrow strip. But because of that, they can then go and have the idea of a miner mining at the face of the cliff and hoping he doesn't get crushed. And, like, how far does he go before he gets crushed? And these short stories that just aren't necessarily immediately at the surface of the genre, but are just as much a part of it and just as essential to it. I'd agree. Absolutely. Because I I think... I think what you said um, is really important and what I'm going to translate that to is like you have to like I think any good author like you have to believe in the story that you're telling like you have to have some kind of faith in it like um, you the problem with a lot of I think like fancy schmancy authors is that they they will write good stories but it feels like they're separate from it like they're holding the story at an arm's length and i think a good author a good filmmaker a good artist in general like really like you said like involves themselves in that story and it, it can get into too much like you can be overindulgent in that impulse but like some of the best fiction is just somebody writing about something that they really like, and they're like, this is a cool idea, let me write this well, down. Enthusiasm and do is infectious. It is, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's an awesome recommendation, Calvin. That yeah, is... and, and one more and one more th- thing about one of the stories I just listened to that was just, like, the best is that there's, like, this whole long story about this, like, insanely dangerous guy and he's just like been the menace of this county for like years and he keeps killing everyone that comes after him <clears throat> and like he kills the sheriff and like they're tracking him down and there's this one guy who's just very slowly very calmly coming after him finally finds him at his house and just doesn't even do anything special just kind of walks up and then the guy comes out and like shoots at him, and then the the other guy that was just very calmly just kills the this big bad gunslinger dude, and this other guy that was trying to get the girl he kid the gunslinger kidnapped back finally asks the guy at the end like, well, wait, why were you why were like why were you hunting him? And he's like, huh. After like three weeks, my mother and I finally got this ham from St. Louis, and this guy stole it. <laughs> and the guy's just like what what you, you you did this for a ham he's like yeah my mother and i haven't had any good pork since we left st louis and, and then the guy's like okay and the, and the guy that killed him is just kind of mumbling to himself he's just like man i just can't eat beef it's just too stringy and that's how it ends <laughs> oh that's man awesome. fantastic Seeing here, I was expecting he's like, oh, this one lone one, this lone man is slowly stalking this evil gunslinger, and every yeah. law enforcement official before him has failed, but he finally slowly, calmly corners him at his at his the place he's hiding out, and he walks in the door, and the gun, the evil gunslinger shoots at him, but it seems to just go through him, and it's death. But no, it's just a dude who wanted his ham. Yeah, oh, you, yeah. <laughs> and he, he gets it, it back. <laughs> You can engage in righteous action for simple reasons. That's uh, that's great. <laughs> that's awesome. Anything uh, current events-wise we want to bring up before our next section? Uh, oh, I do have one thing that, or just a brief aside that I wanted to talk about because I thought it was fun. Yeah. Uh, so I was driving home today. 
Um, and I got stuck in a traffic jam on the interstate, and it, and it wasn't a big deal. It's like, eh, whatever. I don't have. I'm not in a big rush. So I'm finally getting out, and like you know how you sometimes have those uh, moments where you're like listening to the radio, and like the perfect song comes on. Uh, so I was listening to the radio, and like the instant I got out of the traffic jam, because you know how like a lot of times with traffic jams, it's just like stop and go, or you'll be at a standstill, and then you hit that end to the point where you can basically just floor it, and you go from. Uh dead stop to you're up to the speed limit yeah. in like an instant yeah. right as i hit that point uh intergalactic by beastie boys came on <laughs> nice and it was like this is like the perfect song to just like floor it to that's awesome <laughs> Fantastic. So that kind of that kind of made my commute home like amazing. That made my day. (laughs) Pulp fiction story in and of itself. (laughs) That's fucking great. Which I still hold. Apparently I'm wrong because everybody agrees with you, James. Everybody agrees with you. I don't understand this. But I think you were there for this, RJ. But for the listeners, James and I had this argument years ago about the most popular Beastie Boys song. And I was adamant it was intergalactic. But James said it was no sleep till it's no sleep till Brooklyn, right? Yeah. 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 And I am like, I've never even heard this song before. I've never even heard of it. You're insane. You're dumb. That can't be it. But no, everybody we've ever asked has said no sleep till Brooklyn. And I have still never heard that song except for the like two times you've played it. And I hear intergalactic everywhere. It's on the radio. <laughs> I've heard it in movies. I've heard it in commercials. Oh, I've just heard it out and about. I have never heard no sleep till Brooklyn. It's because no sleep till Brooklyn was like overplayed when it came out. Cause it was like one of their biggest songs ever. So like people are just going to know it. Um, like my assertion, I will still hold to this is that intergalactic is like, I'd argue a better, or at least a more interesting song. No sleep till Brooklyn is definitely by far the most popular one, but what is popular? Who doesn't listen to either of these? I still know the refrain of no sleep till Brooklyn. Yeah. See, I've never heard that except for like the two times you played it. James It's insane to me. I'm dude. Oh, uh, I mean, I, I will, uh, dude, I'm, I'm still as much as I'm taking the other side, I'm still on your side. Like I wish more people knew intergalactic, but I think it's because like, I think you'll be vindicated in 10 years. I think more people will even less than that. I think more people will know intergalactic. If you play it in a bar, like five years from now, then they'll know, uh, no sleep till Brooklyn. Considering the age of both, as far as I'm aware, the age of both songs, I don't think that's true. <laughs> I think no, Intergalactic had uh, Intergalactic came back with the Star Trek reboots, the J.J. Abrams. Really? It did. Yeah, they it, also... it's in the it's in the um, which ones is it in? Is it in the first one? It's in the well, first one. Yeah. It's and then the one, for sure. no, the s- sabotage is in the third one. Well, sabotage is in the third one. Yeah, you're right. Or Intergalactic is, it... is probably in the first. Intergalactic might be in the first and third one, but the BC Boys are like in all of those <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Abrams loves the beast of- alright maybe he'll bring it back in Star Wars episode 9 or 10 whatever one is next and- I forgot <laughs> <laughs> and there's so many of them now 
Star yeah. Wars. I, dude, we should just turn Star Wars like that type of sci-fi into the Western genre. Like it basically is already. I don't understand. Like, I mean, it had that shot, didn't yeah. it, in like the 80s? Well, it, it did, but I'm talking not just like a Star Wars type story. I'm talking about like a... Like the space opera? Yeah, like the space opera. Like they did like, in the 80s? <laughs> Did they, I, I don't they know did. enough about I think there's a lot more pulp sci-fi than you realize that really yeah. never left the 80s. Much like really westerns, yeah. where you had a fistful of dollars and seven all the spaghetti westerns, set, like all the spaghetti, like the mm. the popular ones. There were also a lot of other westerns, and there were, there were a lot of other gangster movies and. A lot of space operas that just never left their time period. Yeah, and yet again, the Japanese don't get recognized because supposedly, other than westerns, like George Lucas based his based Star Wars, the first one off of of, like a lot of Kurosawa movies. (laughs) Yeah, much like westerns, uh, which were also slightly based off of. (laughs) Well, the spaghetti westerns were. Heavily, heavy quotation, <laughs> based off of uh, samurai films. Listen, yeah, Kurosawa is just a master. Is a, he? He he's like one of the greatest filmmakers to ever live. All right. So yeah, that that's a good story, Calvin. Though I'm glad you shared that with us. Yeah, that like that. that made my yeah, day. That was that was fun. <laughs> Our next segment: How to be a better buddy, where we give some real and some comedic advice. With the first question. What are some effective ways you used in dealing with relatives when they started judging your child-free life? You know, I'm not old enough for that really to affect me yet. Same. I feel like I have to be, like, late 20s, early 30s. It's weird because, like, we're old for 20, but we're young for everything else. You know what yeah. I mean? So, like, I have yet to... I feel like... I don't know. Maybe I'm really... I'm probably going to stereotype here really bad, so I apologize. I feel like... Do it young women would be asked this question earlier potentially by oh, like yeah. other relatives i, don't I think have that's not. a stereotype that's just a thing that they have to deal with that we don't as much yeah, and, and it's not. <laughs> like i can't imagine like if my relatives or like even my parents were asking me like why are you gonna get a girlfriend like they're like that's yeah. not even part of the conversation they're basically just like why did you figure your stuff out <laughs> or about James, i think that just girl. might be you <laughs> It might, it might. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> no, I'm on your side, James. I feel you. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I, I would say like, if you are dealing with that stuff, it's kind of like, um, I do think like, obviously getting into a relationship with somebody, it shouldn't be a prerequisite, a prerequisite for like existence, but like it is, Okay, uh, I feel like you're veering a little bit though because it's just about being child free, <laughs> not necessarily about a relationship. Oh, but uh, but ch- okay, that's fair. That's fair. I I would say like just don't like it's like yeah, it just hasn't happened yet. Like I'm looking, you know, like I think you should in a way be looking for relationship. It shouldn't occupy the entirety of your time. But like to share your life with somebody is a again you can have a, you can have a partner and be child free, James. <laughs> I know. Oh, no, that's okay. You can't. That's okay. I didn't even think about that. I'm sorry. I was raised Catholic. Please <laughs> attention to my disability. Um, Wait. Okay, hang on. No, let's back up another step because you've dug yourself deeper into the hole. You were raised Catholic, but again, the 
has nothing to do with being child free. Catholic people are known for fucking and having a lot of kids. Like, that's like <laughs> that's just <laughs> No, I understand what you're saying. I would just say, like, if it's not for you, it's not for you. If you don't feel, if you don't want a kid, if you don't feel like you're ready for it, then, like, it's don't. not a prerequisite. Okay. There are enough, there are, are almost so, 8 billion people on this planet. You're fine. Before but that James, last sentence. our birth rate is below 2.0, which means we're dying. That's Whatever. Fine. The, the elites are going to call the population anyway. It's fine. Just yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm going to invoke rule four. Rule four. Uh, don't listen to James except for the last sentence he said. Um, it's also I'm just, I'm just going to say be firm but fair. Uh, don't be rude to your relatives about like, no, we don't want children. Just be like, hey, this is our choice. I ask you respect it. Thank you kindly. Nah, see, so you just gotta come up with an even better comeback. That's just like, yeah. I don't know, maybe when you fix your life. Maybe when you quit uh, smoking. Oh, yeah, then, there you go. Then you say, no, then you look at them and you say, but your kids turned out, like, so well. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Can I just adopt Yeah, just yours? throw it back in their face. Yeah. <laughs> Start some family strife. Never speak Ooh. to those relatives again. There you go. Problem solved. Yeah. Bury them in a shallow grave. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. uh, our next question... People who've worked in retail slash customer service, what are things a customer can do slash say that makes slash made you feel good? Uh, if they don't talk to me, that made me feel Uh, not paying in pennies. If that someone too. came, if someone came up to me and was like, hey, I know this like sucks, but, um, feel for you. Then they walked away. I'd be like. Oh my god, they understand. All all a retail person is asking for, at least when I was working retail, was like, someone please at least acknowledge how much this sucks, and then I can like move on with my life. I don't know. I see I always kind of got I feel I feel like everyone just knows that retail sucks. So honestly, if I was in retail and someone like was just like, I feel for you and just walked away, I'd be like all right, weirdo, don't talk to me again. Uh, <laughs> but that's more of my social awkwardness of being like, just don't talk to me in the first place. Um, which is why it was terrible at retail. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I don't see you. I'm just going to sit over here folding clothes. No, I, hung, I hung out in the men's section of Old Navy all the time when I was working there because I was like, no guy ever asks a question about his pants. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, I know. And the worst, the worst was that uh, you had, to, for me, I had to know the women's section as well. And oh I was God. like, listen, I don't understand men's fashion. There's yeah. no way I can help you with women's. <laughs> yeah, no, I was I was like, this is reverse discrimination. How am I supposed to know <laughs> these types of tops? I've never worn these before. This is unfair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean. There you go. Uh, next question. What do you think about clubs and dating services that let women in for free while making men pay? Uh, it sucks that you have to pay, but it usually helps the ratios. I I mean, I think, like, if I was a girl and most places I went out to were, like, mainly men, if I could go somewhere that was, like, all girls, even just for a little bit, I'd be like, ugh. I, yeah, I it's got to suck for them, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> we're horrible. <laughs> and we're everywhere. You don't think about that, like, you know, even with all the changing, like, gender dynamics and shit like that, like, you don't think about still how much, like, men how much are it just, still like, sucks. 
Yeah, like they're just out and about, and that's not anything like oh men, but it's like it. Like I know, like if I kept going somewhere as a guy who worked in retail, which was mainly all <laughs> women, like if I couldn't get away from that ever in a public space, I'd be like, I'm never leaving my house. Um, yeah, yeah, it's not a fun thing to like think too much about, but uh, the more you do think about it, the more you do realize, like, yeah, that it, it just. It's not a fun system, but it's a system that currently works, so let's not break well, it too much yet. It's like, we've got the the government, the economy, and art, and all that shit. Let them have the bars. I mean, I guess oh that's God. one way to look at it. Well, well, I mean, okay, not for much longer. That's going to be a very dated statement in 30 years. Um, but, no, I, I mean, why not? You know, let them, let them drink in peace just for a little bit everyone deserves that okay um speaking of drinking what are some good ways that don't involve drugs you use to manage your stress a great question i would love if somebody could answer that for me um, <laughs> <laughs> all right uh sounds like james needs a couple serious answers i i have a i do have a serious answer to that but i want you guys to go first well calvin said bungee jumping Go skydiving or do some other extreme sport because then your stress is focused on that and you don't focus because you're too focused on not dying that you forget <laughs> everything else. Done. That's fair. That's, you know what? I'm not going to knock it till I try it. Oh, yeah. Also, I'm saying this because then hopefully you guys will take it up and then I can have someone that can go do these things with me. Hell, I'm not fucking oh. going skydiving. Please. <laughs> I'll fly the plane. I'd rather you jump out the plane with me. <laughs> I don't know that I trust you to fly it. Um, <laughs> I, have, <laughs> I have three recommendations. Yeah, four maybe. First, yeah. exercise. A little bit of exercise, even if it's just to like, go yeah. for a walk. Get out and move. Second, sit quietly. Like, not maybe not quite meditation, but like even if it's just like on the edge of your bed or... If you just finished, like, doing some setups or whatever, just sit up, sit there, close your eyes, and just take a breath for a couple moments to just exist. Third is music. Music is relaxing. Listen to your favorite music. That's just, like, just have it on all the time. Constantly de-stressing, right? Uh, and then lastly, write it down. Uh, it's been shown that, like, even if you just make a list or write things down that are bothering you, it helps begin the process of de-stressing. And if Why all else fails, serious answer. Yeah, I, oh, I got you, I got yeah. you a serious answer. So if all <laughs> yeah, else fails, yeah. just go back to the drugs. Well, now, okay, now it takes the I, turn. I, <laughs> there I, it is. Okay. I because I, RJ basically said everything that I do. Like I, you know, <clears throat> I thought you didn't know how, James. I do. I've I've slowly Hence figured why the out. finals the the final advice piece of advice. Yeah, I've 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 slowly over the the year and a half I've had to myself I've kind of figured out like I love drugs. I love drinking. Oh, Jesus, I love James. Drugs. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. But everything. Can you clarify a little bit so that we don't get you arrested? I'm not fucking doing heroin or crack or anything like that. Like that, you know, like you gotta that or, we know of, or that he'll admit. You know of, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but I would say like um, everything, its place. I know that's a very like basic boomer answer, but like it's fine if you want to get like ripped on a 
Thursday or Friday, or you just want to have a few drinks and like a smoke or two, I think that's fine. But like, cannot be your go to. I'm going to de-stress by like smoking a joint or like have it like pounding back a few drinks. Like you need other ways to deal with stress because as fun as drugs and drinking and smoking are, it's not constructive. Oh like you're God. just going to. I just realized why it's you not. sniff so much during the show. Oh, because of my cocaine <laughs> usage? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's because I talk so much that I need to breathe in through my nose, but I don't want to stop talking. So I just. <laughs> um, no, but I, I, I would say, like, y- you got to put it in its place. I don't advocate hard drug use. Like, anything from LSD to cocaine to heroin, whatever. Like, don't do that shit. Um, Crocodile. But, like,. I I do think like like RJ said like dude there are some days where it's like I could have I could open up the bottle or I could go for a run and I go for a run you know or uh you know I could like smoke a J uh which I can say cuz I'm in Michigan it's legal um, oh. <laughs> and and I could do that um or I could like write or I could listen to music or like RJ said I think what you said was really prescient just sit just like sit in your house or outside or go for a walk or do something that is like you're moving. Um, something constructive, not in the way that it's like, you know, the boomer way where it's like, you gotta do something constructive, but constructive is in just like you're moving, you're getting out of the space that you've been in for a while. And I think like it's really important to do that. That's what I've learned at least is like you can't, like, they're fun, but you, you, because they're fun. That's what makes them dangerous. So you can't go to them like all the time because you're just going to end up feeling like shit. You're not going to get anything done. So like got to find other ways to like cope with the naked and difficult realities of existence other than like cocaine, whiskey or pot or anything. Yeah. And if all else fails, turn to adrenochrome. There you go. Hell yeah, dude. The prime drug. The best one. <laughs> <laughs> Our next I want question. to be on that Hillary Clinton shit. Anyway, yeah, oh, keep going. Okay, James. Um, <laughs> Republicans do it too. It's fine. It's whatever. <laughs> oh, so if both sides do it, it's okay. Yeah, what? Well, well, no, of course it's not okay. Politicians, nothing they do. What is to okay. do when you get that caveman feeling of wanting to do something labor intensive? With the further details. So I've been working from home for about a year and trying to keep myself busy and active. But sometimes I feel like I just want to do something a caveman would do. Strange, I know. Like digging a hole, chopping a tree, eating some meat, being in nature, etc. Anyone else get this feeling and what should I do as someone living in a cozy city? Also, okay, so I just want to first say that I somehow feel attacked because what I would do as a kid was I would go out and dig a hole or hit a tree and then i mean meat is good and i loved being in nature so i feel attacked right now (laughs) did you guys not just go out and dig holes oh brothers did dug holes in my sandbox like all the time like a hole that i was i could stand up in (laughs) did you call the gas company first yeah it was in the woods it was Um, fine no i was never really a hole digger i uh (laughs) Sounds like some sort of slur. Not a dwarf. <laughs> That's a great uh, fantasy slur for a dwarf, though, is hole digger. Hole digger. Oh, yeah. Or a hobbit. Oh, yeah. Uh, but hobbit. yeah, no, I was never really a... 
I mean, I'd wax sticks, but I was more of a more of a fort builder, if that really. I was oh, a lot I of imagination. Yeah, I and then trees. books. I I'd prefer to be inside of a book. Yeah. Nah, outside. I would I would bike around outside when I was. But yeah, if you're in the city and you're looking for this stuff, uh, I guess like what James is saying, bike, bike is always good. Just mm. go hard and just go out and bike for 100 miles. Go uh, to your local park because there's probably at least one. I would there's say probably you, a tree there that you can hit. If you live near a body of water, literally just jump in. Oh, like <laughs> literally Don't, just throw no, yourself wait, in. No, 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 no. Be safe about this because uh, yeah, current. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, even better because then you have to do the strength thing of fighting the current so you don't die. That's yeah, real you, caveman. And you'll really feel alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I would say, yeah, obviously be relatively conscious about it, but literally like sometimes just throwing yourself into a lake or a river or even like a fucking pool is like, no, don't dip your toe in. Don't do any of that shit. Just throw yourself in. Like, again, relatively being conscious about it. You don't want to fucking go into shock or anything like that, which is a real possibility with some of the lakes you might throw yourself yeah. into. But, Depending like, on the time of year, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, seriously, like, just do something that is going to, like, like that, that would just, like, shock your system. You don't need a prolonged activity. You need something that is going to, like throw you into it's gonna jolt you a little bit you know mother nature needs to shake the cradle every once in a while like jumping and out of a plane here's my final answer don't jump out uh, of a plane yeah. don't jump out of a plane with me do it don't do either do one of those things I'm not saying i wouldn't eat a steak it's literally listing eat some meat just go eat a steak yeah, i would do it barehanded no tools yeah that's not that's not a, no seriously like Find a meal you've been wanting to eat or something you're hungry for and make it yourself and then eat it. And there I don't even mean like just eat it politely, like just scarf that thing down, you know, like really hone man. into that. Cake. Yeah, like no, no fork. Man. Like, oh, yeah. yeah just, just go, go to the grocery it. store, buy one of those pre made rotisserie chickens, go home to your sink, open it up, and then just tear into it. Yeah. I would suggest before you do that, fast for like at least half a day. A day or at least half a day. So and you got a real good really hunger feel. going. Yeah. Yeah. You'll tear into it. Then you won't have any guilt because you'll be like, I didn't eat anything yesterday, so I'll be fine. And it's all <laughs> and it's all meat. And there's bones. Jack, there's bones. And you can make a cool little sculpture out of them after you're done. Make a bone? <laughs> yeah, make place. a little cage. Yeah. <laughs> you all went very bad. different places. Oh. Not bad well. place. Oh, I mean. (laughs) (laughs) So we're we're leaving leaving the Stone Age and heading to the far-flung future with our Mm -hmm. final question. What did kids play with before iPads slash electronics? With the further details, went with my nine-year to our local Chili's for some lunch today, and I told him to leave everything at home. We sat down at the table and basically drew on the sheet that they gave children to entertain them with. After five minutes of that, he decided to just talk and not draw on anything. Kid asks me about my upbringing and such, but it left me wondering what most other guys did prior to the tech we had. We are currently tech wave. We are currently experiencing. What will our kids tell their kids about their upbringing? So I guess the question is like, what did we do before tech? Is the is so just what do we do before tech, and what do you think our the next generation will tell their children about their childhood experience? I think 
I think modern kids are going to get burned out from smartphones really quickly. I think they're going to go through know. a period. I think they're going to go through a period where they use them a lot. And I think a few of them, not all of them, much like how people got hooked on television, but I think quite a few of them are going to get burned out. And I don't know, dude, when I was a kid, I used to play with everything from like twigs to, I would tie a shoe, a shoelace in a knot, pretend it was a pterodactyl. Like kids will play with like anything. Yeah, you know? I still like, do that stuff. Yeah, it's fun. It's like <laughs> pretend your candle is a spaceship or something. Like it doesn't fucking matter, you know? Like, I mean, like, I think that's the thing is uh, kids just naturally have like a lot of energy and a lot of this is going to sound be a little too Disney ish, but like they've got they've got a lot of excess imagination. You know, they're they're yeah. they're <laughs> we got to burn that out of them before they grow up. No, they're like channel. <laughs> well, maybe I mean, what a smartphone is for. That's what Apple was designed for. But like, no, like they'll they will be able to channel that shit into anything. And I think like that example shows it where like a kid might put down the phone, but they're, they're not going to conniptions. They didn't have a seizure. Like hopefully we don't get to the point where people are so dependent that that actually happens. Um, but no, I like kids can play and make do with anything. That's how they've done it for millions of years. And that's probably how they'll do it for millions more. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I, mean, I think, I think the generation's going to be like, yeah, we had technology. I played on my iPad, but also I ran around outside and played soccer. So, Yeah, I spent most of my childhood just wandering around outside in the woods. It's because I mean, your parents we had... left you in the woods as your child. Like, Well, we only had we had like an acre woods in our front yard and everything else was field. They kept trying to you leave guys, you out there I... to get taken by a witch and you kept coming back. Oh, that's that's how Cal's dad knew that he was fit enough to survive. <laughs> <laughs> if you make it back, you can stay here. <laughs> but it's just a little bit of woods. Well, a lot can happen in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have scars. Uh, dude, okay, dude, well... every every kid, no, 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 every like, I stepped on a really nail. It's going to sound really bad, but like kids should know is going to sound really bad. Oh my God. Kids should know what it's like. <laughs> Where is this going? Get ready. Kids, should, kids know should know what it's like to like accidentally hurt themselves. Oh, they should yeah. know kids what it's should like. know pain. No, you should know. Okay, I actually, I, from experience, I get what James is trying to say. No, I, 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 I do I mean? also agree. There's no, there's no good way to say it. No, but... no. You don't, want, you don't want to see a kid like, get pushed out of a moving car or like fall <laughs> off like a, a roof or anything but like you're like uh you should probably like know what it's like to like fall out of a little tree or like hit by another kid or something like uh, an important part of childhood is pain yeah <laughs> it sounds awful yeah. but it's kind of true you know so yeah like like summer should be scraped knees and elbows and bruise exactly. and some bruise and some light bruises from just running around and not paying attention and running into a tree. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Or Thank trying you. to uh, hurdle a hammock while playing tag. <laughs> oh jeez. All important things. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's just one example I came up with just now. I mean, just like a random hurdle. Just, just random thought. Just random thought. <laughs> Always lift your legs. I mean, no. Who who would be who would be that dumb? Dude, that kid, if he survived into his 20s, would be that fucking crazy. I think that'd <laughs> yeah. be the downfall of society right there. Oh my god. 
Truly, the next Genghis Khan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> sure. Oh. Potentially. You never know. <laughs> well, thank you for joining this week, fellas. Always a pleasure. Of course, sir. Thank you to the band Problem of Interest for letting us use their song Living in the Moment off the album Cross Off Yesterday. They're on iTunes and Spotify. And uh, check out their Facebook page. They have one. And they're currently posting some of their new stuff that's going on. Please go uh, investigate it. Uh, we're also on iTunes and Spotify and social media. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Better Buddies. Twitter, at Better Budcast. Use the hashtag Better Buddies when you tweet. And our Gmail, BetterBuddiesCast at gmail.com. Send us your fan art, hate art, fan mail, hate mail, declarations of love and or war. Uh, icebreakers you want us to answer. Or if you need some advice, we would be more than happy to give you some bad advice. And tell us your the most known Beastie Boys song. Yeah, guess, and why is it intergalactic? Please email us to let us know the most known Beastie Boys song and why you're wrong or, about it being intergalactic. Or um, your favorite, mine is She's Crafty, what's your f- I'm invoking rule four again, don't listen to James. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, James. Well, you're fine, it's okay. <laughs> Last, but not least... Be a better buddy. Who is this? Alton Brown. Alton Brown. Food Network. You'd probably recognize him. You absolutely would. Food Network person. Oh, shit. Yeah. I like him. I don't you know. He's like kind of the classic like Food Network presenter almost, right? Like yeah. Well, he was he yeah he was there from the early days, like two thousand. Wow. Hold yeah, because uh, the pilot for Good Eats aired in July of nineteen ninety, and then uh, Food Network picked it up in July of nineteen ninety nine. Perfect. But uh, he he's now that I've learned more about him, I'm impressed by the level of commitment of because he started get, doing cooking shows. Because he was dissatisfied with the quality of cooking shows currently airing on American television. So instead of just like, I'm going to go in and try and fix things. No, he went and enrolled in the New England Culinary Institute first. Holy shit. And graduated. Holy shit. (laughs) I don't like this television show, so I'm going to do better ones by hand every step of the way. I mean, that's how you become a chef and then improve the television. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's really the way you're supposed to do it, right? Like... Don't jump into something you don't know.